0: for another episode of Jackman Radio. I'm your host, Eric Jackman. And I'm your co-host, Mike Jackman. And we are honored and excited to be joined today by our dear friend, Michelle Little. Um, We're doing a series of episodes focusing on 9-11 and various aspects of that day, the fallout from it, looking at the political ramifications, um, how it's had an effect on our country and the planet, and also um, very honored today to speak to Michelle Little, who her brother lost his life on 9-11, working for the FDNY at the World Trade Center. So we wanted to talk to Michelle about her experiences, her brother, and um, kind of what she's gone through in the almost 20 years since his death. So, Michelle, again, honored to have you on, and thanks for taking the time with us.
1: Well, welcome. And thank you. <laughs> thank you, and thank you for welcoming me to this, to this um, interview. And um, it's just a, such a pleasure, and a thrill to see both of you at the same time.
0: You too. And
1: Thank you. Be, I, I'm i honored to be here as well with you.
0: Well, absolutely, Michelle. And then I'll mention Michelle um, is a death midwife, and she has her own company called Beautiful Dying, and she helps. Families plan for the death of loved ones. And a couple months back, we had an amazing conversation on father's day about death and grief and processing that and planning for end of life. So she's, uh, she's no stranger to this kind of thing. And obviously, you know, you, you, in your line of work and what you do, you help a lot of people who are preparing for this, for the next journey in our existence. And um, it's, it's hard to believe that nine 11 was almost 20 years ago. Um, you know, for Mike and I, we were in freshman in high school and, for millions of other Americans, it played out on TV, and the scope of it is just, it was hard to even wrap your head around seeing it on TV and hearing about it. Um, and for you, of course, it just on a m- much more visceral level, I mean, um, you know, just if, if you can, take me back to 9-11 to that day, and, and when, you know, h- how did you find out that you lost your brother?
1: Well, first of all, I didn't think I lost him at all. And um, I would speak about him in the in the present because I didn't know. And uh, we had uh, crazy times, you know, family members, not just my family, but many of us, um, even to this day, are dysfunctioned. Uh, and there is no communication you know, from one side of the family to the other. Um, depending on which side of the family that person died, the other side of the family it's just been a very strange dynamics. Um, so not, I have no problem sharing with you where I was on 9-11. It was yesterday to me. Um, since we haven't had a real investigation, it's been um, heart-wrenching. And um, no matter how, how close we get to getting answers, we're pushed back, you know, we're, we're pushed back so many years. And um, all the things that we might have thought were conspiracy theories, you know, back from like 2002 to 2008 might all be real and um, they are, they, the possibility of them being facts is way high statistically, like for me, um, I have no, no questions about the thoughts that I have about what happened on 9-11, but so it happened is um i don't have i don't use a tv set for television so it's just fuzzy news if i were to try to look at anything uh look at anything on my 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 tv was used as a monitor for vhs tapes back then and um and that's really what it was used for for my kids to be able to watch some video um they were in third and fifth grade at the time of 9 11 so we got a um a knock on my bedroom door telling me to go take a look at the news and so we kind of through this fuzz of the tv um you could see no i don't uh, people say that they see saw the first plane hit i i don't know about that i can't see how that's possible but the second plane when uh we all thought we saw it at the same time it was Kind of uh, surreal because every thirty seconds they play the same reel over and over again um, so throughout the time that we're on you're on the on so every time you go to the the news you would see it falling but it probably already had fallen and I don't mean fallen I mean demolished when I say fallen so please you, my words when it was demolished you just don't you just see the play out the play out over and over and over again. And so that was very disturbing. And um, what happened thereafter is um, I told my children they weren't going to school that day. And um, the the next day, I sent them to school. I might be a little lost on this, but there was a, a letter that came home from the school system saying, we're here for you if you need anything. Um, we have psychologists on board ready, ready for anybody that needs help and um, and I was too close. I was way too close for my community to um, Pull that through. So there were words and they weren't. There was no action on those words. So I took the girls out of school and um, well what happened. It was a long story, but um, I ended up taking taking my daughters out of school. Uh, they ended up like on, a fr- on that Friday having to come back to the school to pick up homework for them and each each of their classes gave us about this much worth of homework for my daughters because I told them I didn't know when I was going to bring them back to school and uh, that we were heading for New York and um, so what happened at that point is um, I had been on a call um, this global called item and how I got on it, and um, they were talking about how they can help the world and get to New York and help with finances and things like that. And there was a gentleman on the call who said um, that he would put out the word for me to be able to get to New York because I didn't have the finances at the time. Um, I had just changed over from working for a corporation to a nonprofit. starting that nonprofit and putting out corporate sponsorship when 9-11 happened, so everything was in a whirlwind. For me. And so by September 16th, um, well, let's move back. So that Sunday, um, I received a, um, a call, I think, that said that um, Angel Flight America was opening up their, their doors to compassionate flights to New York for any family members that need to get there. So NBC News and Angel Flight America, um, NBC News followed us from California to New York, um, following us through to get to New York by Angel Flight. So Angel Flight West um, flew us to uh, uh, Angel Flight Central. And Angel Flight Central flew us into New Jersey. And then from New Jersey, Angel Flight East brought us over to Rescue One, which is my brother's unit in Midtown. And it was quite a journey and uh, the love from everyone, the support was incredible. And, um, and the love of, of us human beings wanting to get to the truth of things and wanting to bring out the peace and not go to war and, and have an opportunity to have a, a say in what's going on in our world. And, and And we didn't want to go to war. There was nothing that we wanted to do at all, from a layman's term, from a citizen's point of view, to, to do that. And we were really, uh, very, very strong in that point. And then George Bush said, if you're for peace, you're against your children who are going to war for us. And uh, it just switched everything that we were doing to um, another, another moment of um, not being able to grieve. Not being able to find out what happened because I believe my brother was still alive uh, up until April of two thousand and two, um, and I thought that I would find him, and um for all the work that I was doing, that he would come out and he would have thousands of people behind him um, that he had saved so I'm kind of jumping around and I apologize no, but it's, that's
0: fine it's. it's- yeah, I just, I, I can't imagine it, The just the horror of it. And, and Mike and I, as young as we were when it happened, um, we, you know, kind of a a year or so after 9-11, we're, we're always just suspicious about the whole thing and wondering about it. And we're now seeing all these kids around us our age who are now signing up for the military and signing up for George Bush's program to go over to the Middle East and and, and uh, you know hunt down the terrorists and they c- brilliantly connected and PSYOPed everybody with Iraq and 9/11. And we're like, well wait a minute, no, this isn't right. Even if you believe the official story, we should go to Saudi Arabia or we should just be looking for al-Qaeda. What, what does Saddam Hussein in Iraq have to do with it? So it's, it's this you know one event in our generation that just has had the, the ripples, the impact of it are just they're going to continuously be felt for generations to come. Yeah.
1: And, and who's to say that we'll ever get to the truth of everything, and, and it's, sad, it's sad for your for your age group, and even a little bit younger, you know, I would say from like 20, 27, 27 to like 40, um, this age group, uh, there's so many questions and so much uh, hate that happened and trying to find your heart through it all because I mean you had all the this, the high, the shootings in the schools that you had to deal with as well and I'm just everything the the ripple effect like you said is is it is a continuation of things that may have happened even before 911 that we are not even aware of in my age group which are the yeah. big, by the way so yeah so we had um um so I want to go back to angel flight because a lot of people don't even know who they are, and um, they have just. And I haven't really spoken with them in, in years. So putting this out there in the present time and just honoring them and thanking them for helping, you know, my daughters and myself to get to New York, and and, and I went there to pull buckets. You know, I don't know if you remember. Everybody was going there to pull buckets, and um, there was a lot of a, a a lot of chaos and and also a lot of time management to get the firefighters in to, to do their jobs. And that's, you know, from their, from what I can remember is they never considered themselves heroes. This is their job, but they're, this job is heroic. So I'm gonna keep that there and just say, you know, to all of those rescue workers and, and responders that came and the rescue dogs that offered their lives to help us find people I just want to thank them so much for the time and um, and their lives and their lives because some of them have died, and uh, you know it's it's such a shame. It's, just, it's such a shame. Nineteen years later, that we're still discussing things as though it just happened, or that nobody wants to talk about it, and the, and how absurd it is that the media the the media does not cover this stuff, and we have to work so hard as investigators. To share the truth out there, and nobody wants to really hear it then either. And so it's very, it's very disturbing. And from a family, from my perspective as a family member, and I'm not saying all family members believe and feel the way that I do, because I know that they don't. But those of us do that step up. You know, um, we, we, we need we need the answers, and and so do you, and so do you.
2: Yeah. And I, and I wanted to ask, you know, you're talking about younger generations. Cause yeah, this is obviously almost, you know, 20 years. Um, it's crazy to think about how kids now in school who weren't even born on that day are being taught about nine 11. And, and what are your thoughts? What do you think, how do you think younger people should be, you know, spoken to about it or, or, or taught? Cause that's it's happening well, right now. I mean, they, you know,
1: one of the first things that happened when nine 11 happened when my daughters were in third and fifth grade, was um, when they did go back to school that one day um, in that week, that that week of um, 9-11, the kids were asking questions. And the questions were more like yes or no questions. Did a plane really hit a building? The answer is yes. That's all they wanted to know. And then if another question came up, well, how could something like that happen, you know? Let's let's take a look at it. How do you think something like that could happen and you know draw your pictures or draw something out or tell your story about how something like that could happen. But it's it's really the yes knows that um, teachers weren't even able to answer that and they kind of left everything open to your imagination without without knowing because who really knew back then uh, How how to answer we didn't have we didn't have a tragedy. We didn't have a pandemic that we learned from. 9/11 was the learning, the learning curve for us, and we had that opportunity for the last 19 years. To, to, we already have the solutions, but we're not talking about them. We already have answers, but we're not talking about them. And uh, even talking about them, you know, leads you to not getting the answers that you need, and, and, and I think I went off on a, on a tangent there, so sorry, but um, your, mind, your mind and your heart have a really hard time connecting with stuff like this, no matter what, what a, whatever tragedy that you've um, participated in or have, have had in your life, this, this tragedy has to have a form of grief, and, and we've had none of that. So, Mike, what was
2: your question exactly? Uh, Just what you think, you know, the younger generation, like kids who are in high school now, or even or starting college, who weren't even born when 9/11 happened, um, you know, in 2001. And there, there be obviously they they know about it, maybe peripherally, or maybe it's not as important to them, or you know, in focus. But um, you know, they're being taught about this event that they weren't alive for, and and that that's really, to me, that's really. Interesting, but it's, all, it's also sad because that's going to cement the event for them for the rest of their lives. And, and right. maybe, us, unfortunately, a lot of this research and a lot of these questions could fall by the wayside unless people continue to push on for them.
1: Right. History in the making.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: So, so I can say that I don't think our children are being shared the truth um and And the truth about it where you know you don 't have to point point at anybody to get to the answers you don't have to um, the, because there 's such a lie uh, or misinformation around it, even to get into it to tell the truth is really going to be hard and uh, and it 's up to us the historians, and those that have seen it and been in it to be able to tell the truth of it. And so, you know, we've got our older generation, for COVID-19 dying. We have nursing homes that um, have been um, kind of attacked with COVID-19. So all of our elders are dying. So any of their information and any of their history of the truth of what they went through are going to be gone. Um, stories that we have, um, the truth of the stories, will not ever be shared because we we're not storytellers anymore, and um, and that's that's I think our whole lineage of the hum, of being human is the story and the storytelling from from you know generation to generation, and that's how you share stories. I mean, in Ireland. They have, I, I have a friend who can t- tell his lineage back 600 years. Wow. In the same house his family lived in and for 160 years. I mean, we don't have that here. We don't have that in America. And uh, we've kind of lost our lineage. We've kind of lost our, our storytelling. And I think it's really important that we, we tell the story.
0: Yeah, well, absolutely. Yeah, uh, and, yeah. And, and what happens every year is, you know, the 9-11 anniversary rolls around and everyone uh, changes their profile pic and feels patriotic. And never they say, never forget and honor the dead and those we lost. And it's it's to me, it's just become a frivolous meme, which is sad. It's just become a sanitized 30-second sound clip, never forget meme. But obviously for yourself and thousands of other family members and people like Mike and I who are just sensed by – 9/11 and, and and who really did it and how it happened and how they lied about it. We think about it every day of the year. So, yeah, me too. It, it absolutely so. It's just it's frustrating to see an event like that turned turned into just a soundbite and I a mean platitude just, a platitude and just just in the fact that they had the people had to fight so hard to get health care for the first responders and the passing of the Zadroga bill. I mean that that is beyond belief. It took that long. It, well, how
1: it was, what, it was 2000, I mean, between 2001 and I believe 2007, um, all they did was collect data on those that were dying and didn't even state, would not, be, would not put out to the public that these people who were um, getting results of cancers came from the, the dust cloud. I mean, how ridiculous can we possibly get? And how much money was spent in those, those first years? To collect data and not save people's lives.
0: Yeah, to collect data and to export war and the American death machine all over the country in the name of, or all over the planet, rather, in the name of 9-11. And all you would have done is appropriate a fraction of that cost and expenditure to take care of those people for the rest of their natural lives. So it's amazing it passed, and I'm glad it did. But it's just one, one more area of fallout from 9-11 and, and, and something a lot of people don't think about unless it's right in their face,
1: you know? Yeah, but that, that, that bill uh, was taken away and put back. I mean, John feel had a lot of hard work to do. And thank God for John Stewart, you know, stepping in and um, stepping up to the plate to help us. You know, sometimes celebrities are really important to help us with, you know, get the word out there. And, and you can only you know i i am I'm, I'm very thankful that he um he's a, an honest man
0: yeah it took a comedian with a platform like him to actually do something and move and shake so yeah my hat's off to, to him as well
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah so i i think um our children have um our children i'm not talking about my children I'm talking about our children in like seven generations and those that have not even uh i've been born yet and um and i'm just it's 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 sad how we as human beings are are, are working out what we're doing in the world right now and um I, love is everything love is everything and uh we just need to send a lot more love out into the world and maybe that will melt down the evil doers of beating hearts uh, to maybe take a look at their pilot lights inside their hearts themselves and, 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 and feel the pain and, and then lean into it and do the right thing out there. Some, somebody, somebody in the upper levels of life with their money and greed, there's got to be somebody in that family that's, that will open up and say, "Wow, look what my family's done. I'm so sorry, world. Let me help change it you know and we've got all these young people that have all these inventions to help with the pollution and the plastics on our uh, in our in our oceans and if it weren't for you guys your age group you know inventing these things you know where would we be today and those of us that are in uh, this my generation and older taking on and saying yes to your inventions and to your creativity and saying oh my gosh they have it let's move forward you know Give, give them the space to, to grow and, and, and help our planet.
2: Yeah. There's so many ideas and there's so much innovation out there that could be used for good. And, and, and it's, you know, it, it does, it saddens me so much that it's used for death and destruction. Uh, a lot of our energy and a lot of our, um, a lot of young people's best years, you know, when they're, when they're sent to other countries to do the bidding of, uh, you know, empire and the corporations. And I, you know, We're talking about the fallout of 9-11 it's obviously still being felt today because i mean i feel like initially after it happened most americans came together and we and were there was a feeling of love and positivity and compassion and and you know collective grief and tenderness um but unfortunately you know that gave way to people targeting um you know muslims in our country um the sikhs uh, were being beaten um a lot of that ugliness and now in 2020 i think that's on steroids and I think fear has come back to America, even bigger than it was after nine eleven. Um, and and that's being used by the government to manipulate and divide people. So I think talking about nine eleven is just as relevant as ever in the COVID age.
1: I totally agree. I totally agree. There's, there, there. I t- yeah. <laughs> now, and and like I said earlier, I mean, you know, we had nine eleven, and then we had this pandemic, and the and we should have had we should have had protocol in place positive protocol in place to help us through and also provide us opportunities to grieve or go to support groups to to know that this tragedy caused so much grief <clears throat> and if you don't if you don't look at the tragedy head on you can't grieve properly and and you know for me no, no matter when I'm about to breathe in and feel that I have an, an opportunity to look at this um, from a grieving perspective, something else happens, and it's pushed to the back burner. And then it's like, okay, we'll deal with this now. Okay, well now there's this pandemic, and now the work that I do as a death midwife is affected, and 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 the work that I do is because many. Um, tragedies that have happened in my life from the age of 10 years old and up and 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 the most important parts of today and why I do this beautiful Dying Expo is to share our professionals in all disciplines of dying and death with the public. So the public has an idea and is educated on the things that they have to do and what's available to them now and how to get the support that they need to get things done. For instance, this one one very critical document which is called your advanced health directive that is like the number one thing from the age of 18 and up should be taught should be learned should be explained should be written on what happens if i can't talk for myself or if i've died what well no not if i died let's just say what happens to me if i can't speak anymore who's going to be there who's going to be my my, my person to follow through with my, my, my wishes. And, the, and it's in every state, you can download it from, from Google, New Hampshire Advanced Healthcare Directive, and just print it out and read it. It just says, well, if I can't be here, um, if I can't speak for myself, I would like blah, blah, blah to do this. These are my wishes. And that person that you're placing out there as your advocate needs to know that you, you know, first of all, put them onto your paperwork, but also to make sure that they follow through with what you say you want. So you can't have someone out there that says, oh, geez, um, you know, he wanted me to um, uh, get, you know, he looks like he wants to do not resuscitate a DNR, but I can't make that happen. I can't make, so do it, you know, resuscitate him. Well, then you're not honoring that person's wishes. So that person's probably not the right person for you to state as your number one go-to. So I I know that Eric and I talked about this on on our last call as well, um, our last radio moment, but so get your advanced healthcare directive done. Everything that, if you think you have it all set up and you did it a year ago or longer, it's time to look at it again because of COVID-19. What happens if you do get COVID-19? Do you wanna be placed on a ventilator? These things are now important questions that we didn't have Prior to this pandemic, we have a lot of questions that we can answer. We have paperwork and documents that you can do right now. There are there are innovative tools and resources that have occurred since COVID-19, from from March until right now. The events and the and the information is so uh, raw and open right now. And then the opportunity, because of COVID-19, to go global on your conversations and not having people have to come to my expo in San Diego and have to pay for hotels and their their um, tr- uh, transportation and flights and all that stuff and food. That's all out of the picture now. And now we can go global, which we are. Beautiful Dying Expo is a global event. It's virtual. We have, we have uh, organizations from Australia to U- to the UK we have um, uh, conversations happening in India. So it's been a really important time. And what, a, what better time to have an expo on, on the things that are available to the public than now. So November 13, 14, 15 is our virtual um come to the uh, come to the expo floor for free we're inviting the general public into the expo floor for free meet all these exhibitors and i'm not talking about exhibitors like um i'm talking about professionals we're talking about physicians we're talking about organizations that work in the field that are opening up their booth space to have questions and answers with you and then we'll also have um, a morning and afternoon um opening and closing sessions that are free to the public as well. And then we have workshops going on with with panels, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday in six different tracks. So I I mean, I'd like to just share the tracks really quick. So the tracks are financial estate planning, advanced healthcare planning, end of life care, after death events, holistic alternatives, and grief support. I mean, what's happening our wall today? The answers you can find them at the expo. And so come to it. You know, guys, come to it. And uh it's gonna be amazing, absolutely amazing. And so yeah, get your advanced health care directive done. And that's the biggest part of of this conversation today for nine eleven. And um and and you know one of the many reasons why I do the work that I do, and 9/11 is, uh, will always be uh, present in my life.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's it's um, it's it is. It's just so it's it's hard to believe. So. Um, yeah, we're, we're coming down to our last few minutes here. So I just, I want you to be able to tell all of our listeners, um, how they can find you and, and, you know, where to go to look up, uh, information about you and what you do and, and, uh, how to get in touch with you, Michelle.
1: So, um, it's Michelle. Um, no, no, not Michelle. So beautiful dying expo. It's D Y I N G expo.com. Um, you can kind of see it up here. Let move out of the way.
2: There's the banner. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, expo.com and um you can email me at michelle at beautiful uh go to the website it's up and running for registration for exhibitors for sponsors for donations um for uh, the public to attend for free the public attends for free um but i don't know if i have time but i'd like to read the book here's my brother yeah I know, but you know, I can see it out there. David. Yeah, yeah. To the poem, it says, The Men from Rescue One. My heart was full of sorrow, like a circle round the sun, in memory of my brother and the men from Rescue One. My candle burned in silence and thoughts of yesterday, the love inside my brother's heart, the way we laughed and played. One picture-perfect morning as terror filled the sky, he rushed into the fires of hell to save somebody's life. Eleven fallen heroes who got the final call as I turned on my TV set to watch the towers fall. On the tree-lined streets of Brooklyn, the people stood and stared with photographs and flowers in the echo of despair. Suspended in their disbelief at the evil that men do, the enemy that hides behind the eyes of me and you. The engine crushed in silence, chrome and crimson draped in black. Remembering the tearful day America was attacked. Bagpipes play a solemn tune and the people all salute. A slow parade of fire trucks and brothers dressed in blue. I pray to God in heaven that heroes never die. Someone brave must lead the way so others may survive. My heart is proud and thankful like the warm rays of the sun in memory of my brother and the men from Rescue One. Wow, that's
0: beautiful. That was
1: written written in 2005.
0: Yeah. Wow. And that's that's an honor and memory of David M. Weiss of FDNY Rescue One, and all yes. who all who were taken from us on 9/11. Well, Michelle, I can't thank you enough. It's um, I know it's even 20 years later, it's still raw and it's surreal and unbelievable. But we fight on, and and you you're someone who has always inspired myself, and I know Mike to just. Never give up in the pursuit of of the truth of justice of of sharing that truth with people and not being afraid of their judgment and what their judgment really is is their fear and mm-hmm. they 're afraid to go there and they don 't want to go there, but deep down inside they know that we 're right and they know that that, that the, the truth will prevail, but you have to be willing to put up with that crap so
1: yeah. um, and, yeah. and, and, and you know let your let your love out. Mm-hmm. Let, uh, and the other thing is, if you can't be with the one you love, go hug a tree. Yeah.
2: Mother Earth. Yeah. yeah. Mother Earth. Only one we have. Yeah. Yep. Thank All you right so there. much, Michelle. I really appreciate it.
1: That's... Thank you both. Thank you, Eric. Thank you, Mike. Thank you for yeah. this time. I, I love seeing you. I love participating with you. Call me anytime. Yeah. Um, I, you know, maybe we could do something with Jackson and radio at the expo itself as well.
2: Yeah. yeah stay in touch. Let us know. We, you know, mm-hmm. that's... It's important work, man. It's it's uh, like you said. It's not easy for people to talk about, um, but it's it's so important, and and it should be talked about more. Absolutely. Thank
0: Thank you. All right, well, beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Michelle Little, and thank you to all our listeners, and please check out Jackman Radio on all your social media platforms. We're on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter at Jackman Radio. Come say hi to me on Instagram. I'm on there all day. I should take a break from it, but my handle's at Senator Jackman, and if you're interested in becoming a patron of Jackman Radio and helping us to continue to have these beautiful conversations and have our work loaded onto Spotify and Podbean and YouTube, Uh, consider becoming a patron today at patreon.com slash Jackman Radio. Thank you all for listening and have a beautiful day.